According to John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails and in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. It's been less than 24 hours since the tomb was found open. It has been less than 24 hours since Mary of Magdala showed up in that room saying to the disciples, I have seen Jesus. No, really, he's alive. I was just talking to him. But it's been almost four days since they shut the doors to that room. Four days since they shut themselves inside an inner room in Jerusalem, an inner room which means there's no back door and no windows to open. A chair has been wedged in place against that door, against the Romans, against the temple authorities, holding back the world. I can't say I blame them. It's pretty terrifying when we are confronted with the reality that somebody innocent can be arrested, falsely tried in a rigged court, and put to death. If that could happen to Jesus, it might happen to us. Some had seen the crucifixion. Others had just 
heard about the crucifixion from those who had been there. It seemed, though, like the whole world had come undone, right? Like the days when we watched the rioters burning Minneapolis or burning down cities in Washington and Oregon, as we watched rioters torching businesses, invading neighborhoods, saying they were protesting. Gun sales shut, shot up. People prepared to defend their lives, their families, their homes, their businesses. It was easy rushing into the room, closing the door, wedging the chair against the world. That was easy. But now what? You know, the room's stuffy. There are a lot of people crammed in there. It's cramped. The air is warm and stale but they're afraid to open the door. They're all in there together, the women and the men, everybody, except for Thomas. Perhaps he's the only one brave enough to have gone out to try to find something for them to eat. You know, he's gone to pick up the takeout order and bring it back. Some things haven't changed very much since that first Easter. The world is still a scary place. We still try to hide behind locked doors, no matter how stuffy and uncomfortable it gets. This past year, we've even been hiding from unseen particles floating in the very air we breathe, holding our breath when we go in grocery stores, afraid to inhale. Middle-aged adults have held their parents in lockdown. Solitary confinement. Some of you call me up and say, oh my gosh, I'm going crazy, Pastor. I feel like I'm going insane. I'm losing my mind. I have to get out of this house, but my kids won't let me. Well, what'll happen if you break the rules and defy your kids? Oh, it'll be very, very bad. And people are telling me after spending so much time in the house, it's kind of scary opening the door, venturing out. And then they're shocked to see that the world is still there. And that people are actually going about their business as normal and that construction workers are fixing streets and buildings are being built all over the place and landscapers and home remodelers have never had so much work and the stores are open and oh my gosh, Pastor, I drove past the mall and the parking lot was packed. And for those who have been, haven't been out in a year, it's surreal. There have been lots of reasons to go into lockdown. And it's one reason people maybe are moving to the countryside and into small towns and away from subways and public transportation and away from riots and mass shootings and road rage incidents. And, you know, life outside of this place seems more and more alien and we're more afraid. So maybe, you know, we just hide out. We lie low for a little while. We hope the world doesn't find us here, wherever here is. We barricade the doors and the windows against an unseen enemy, against the people who are different from us, against the people who have weird ideas, against the people who seem to break our rules, against a world that constantly challenges our beliefs. But this is the world God saves. 
This is the world that God sent Jesus into. This is the world Jesus came to save. It's the evening of the first day of the week. The doors are shut and locked. The anxious disciples are hiding, tightly packed inside. And suddenly, Jesus appears. Walks, I guess, right through the barricaded door. We don't really know how he appeared. We just know he's there, defying the doors, defying the locked hearts, defying the locked visions. Jesus just appears. And then there's a greeting, a blessing, a hope. He has left the tomb and gone out into the world, and now he's come to call us into it too. Peace be with you, he said. And we're amazed. He shows us his wounds, his hands, his side. That apparently is how we're supposed to know it's really him. And maybe we rejoice and maybe we still have our doubts. He breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Whatever you bind is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose is loosed in heaven. And then he leaves through the same locked door, and Thomas missed it. He missed the whole thing. Thomas, it turns out, isn't really a name in Scripture. People weren't named Thomas. The word Thomas really just means, I win interestingly. He gets a nickname, though, the twin. We never meet a sibling, a twin. Most twins are kind of hang out together, but we don't meet Thomas's twin because he's our twin, our spiritual twin. He is like us, and we are like him. Some days we are full of bold confidence, right? Willing to go anywhere with Jesus and do anything he asks. And then other days, well, we're struggling and we're not so sure what to believe. A week passes. Today it's seven days since the last sighting of Jesus in the world. Oddly, the little community is still banded together and hiding out. They're still locked in that stuffy little room with the chair against the door in spite of having received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit apparently hasn't had much effect on them yet. To his credit, Thomas is there too. In spite of his doubts, he has stayed with the group. He sees his friends again, but he doesn't notice anything different about them. They tell Thomas, just like Mary said earlier that morning, you know, Mary had said, we have, I've seen the Lord. Well, the disciples tell Thomas, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas finds it hard to believe, impossible in fact. Well, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and I, and I put my finger in the mark of the nails, and unless I stick my hand in his side... I'm just not going to believe. Even when the thing we need most is standing right in front of us, we don't always grab a hold of it. We resist. Some of you have come back into the sanctuary for the first time this month, and I have seen tears in your eyes. And you have told me how it hits you. It's visceral. It's, It's in your body, in your Bones, you feel it when you walk into this room again for the first time, the power of that. 
in this sanctuary, this place where we have gathered so many times, and you say, I have missed this so much. It's been so hard being away. And it always strikes me a little bit as funny because the sanctuary has been here all year, empty, waiting for you, and we could have slipped in here at any time, sat in this space with God and our own thoughts and prayed. It's been ready every day with the banners up and the colors changing on the altar a refuge in the storm. And suddenly, Jesus walks through the locked door and stands among us. He has left the tomb and gone out into the world, and now he's calling us out into it too. Peace be with you, he says. And then he turns to Thomas and us and says, you know, come here. Put your finger in the hole in my hand and see my hands. And reach out and put your hand in my side. He doesn't say, do not doubt. He says, do not be unbelieving, but believing. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And then he invites us to reach out and touch those wounds and to somehow find in the healing flesh this union of life and death and joy and sorrow and everything we need to grab a hold, to believe. And then he has breathed a course on all the others and on us. We have received the Holy Spirit. This is the new creation. Just as God formed Adam from the dust and breathed the breath of life, the Spirit of God into Adam, Jesus is now breathing that life into us. We say it's inspiration. We inspire. We inhale. This is a fresh start. You know, there are times when, like the disciples on that scary night, we wish that Christ would just leave us alone and allow us to stay huddled up behind all the things that make us feel secure. It's much easier to look out our windows and grumble about unruly children in the neighborhood or kids that leave their toys all over the yard than it is to actually go out and play with them. It's much easier to complain about maybe elderly drivers who back into things and run over curbs than it is to go out of our way to give them a ride. It's much easier to surround ourselves with people who agree with us than it is to listen to the voices of the folks who challenge our thoughts. And maybe we would rather keep the chair shoved up against the door just a little bit longer and not be sent out into the world because reaching out isn't easy. But Jesus says, just as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. See, I am giving you all authority. 
Jesus says, I am sending you into the world, bearers of the breath of God, equipped with the Spirit, with the forgiveness of God, and with Christ-like courageous love. Amen.